Here's a Boo Crew fight fact. In 2017's The Babysitter, the makeout scene between B and Allison was not in the original script. This time around, you were joined by multi-award-winning actor, best-selling author, billboard-charting singer, writer, director, entrepreneur, and pop culture icon, Bella Thorne. Join us for a look into her love and reverence of the horror genre and how it inspires all facets of her creative output. Hear about her life-size Babadook, the souvenir she kept from the babysitter, and it's not Samara Weaving's gum. Will we get another sequel? And so much more. Plus, inside her spooky-themed phantom music video, and at time of release, her brand-new film Masquerade, co-starring the awesome Olivia Allen Lind in select theaters, digital, and on-demand everywhere, July 30th from Shout Studios. Episode 245 starts now. We're brokers. We travel around the world selling priceless works of art. You know, one day I want to have exactly what you have. Bloody Disgusting's Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio is one of the most bold and original personalities of our generation. A singular creative force whose dedication and inventiveness fades into all she does, guided by a remarkable spirit of adventure. Through it all, a passionate awareness and acceptance, consistently building platforms to elevate the voices of others. She's the middle finger for the creatively oppressed. It's no question she's an incredible actor, being an integral part of the most successful television shows ever made for the world's biggest studios, winning multiple awards along the way for her impeccable comedic timing and her ability to handle everything from intense dramatic content to challenging physical performances. By the age of 12, for instance, armed with a Young Actors Award nomination, she was already starring on a hit NBC show with Christian Slater, an Emmy-nominated series for ABC, three acclaimed feature films, and an award-winning short alongside Winona Ryder on the heels of getting an award-winning show of her very own. At the same time, becoming the most sought-after voiceover talent 
in Hollywood. She has since gone on to star in countless movies, massive televised hits like Freeform's Famous in Love and HBO's Big Love, and most recently, The Incredible Paradise City. Launched a billboard charting music career, cosmetic and clothing lines, wrote a best-selling trilogy of novels, and in 2019, a book of poetry and prose that broke national records overnight. She is a multi-award winning writer, director, and producer, creating genre-bending films, shorts, and music videos through her own production studio, and became a pioneer on Instagram, garnering tens of millions of followers. But here's the thing about about her. It's all out of love. She is a reminder that being yourself, not straying from that path, and building confidence in whatever it is that makes you you also builds empires. At time of release, her new film is a tot thriller called Masquerade, about an 11-year-old who fights to survive at the hands of a mysterious group of intruders. It's in select theaters, digital and on demand, July 30th from Shout Studios. We are honored to welcome the one and only Bella Thorne. Yeah. yeah. Oh, can I use that? Uh, can I use that as my bio? Or like what? Or a really long ringtone. <laughs> so Bella, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah. Congrats on another amazing film. And this is a convo that we've been looking forward to having for a long time because you were such a force of fucking nature when it comes to the horror and thriller genre. Not only through some of the movie roles you've chosen, but the genre bleeds into a lot of other aspects of what you do in your different creative output from your clothing line to your videos and writing directing work. So we just want to start there. Where did it all begin for you and horror as a viewer? I think I, well, I've loved horror for a very long time. I think one of the first horror movies that really stuck with me was I saw the grudge when it came out. I don't remember what year that was, but I remember being very, very little. I still lived in Florida and um, man, that movie stayed with me. Like really, really stayed with me. Hi, ma. Yeah, he's a big girl. You do. You want to say hi? Oh my gosh, so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I've loved horror for since literally, like since I was really a little girl, and I never watched Disney movies growing up or any of the animation. I remember the first time I actually saw The Lion King was like I I was doing blended and I was filming in Africa. And so my mom was like, all right, it's about time you actually watch this. Um, and then it made no sense to me. Cause I was like, I don't understand. They're all brother and sister, but all these lions are sleeping with each other. Using <laughs> this is just wrong. And uh, yeah, horror has always horror, thriller, psychological, everything under that reign of terror is definitely it's it's my favorite it's probably the only things i watch anyway what are a couple of those films that are at the top of the list for you hmm it's a good question there's been a lot of interesting new ones that i fuck with um but i'll to throw out some classics i think uh, the strangers is one of my all-time favorites I love the Babadook. I actually got a life-size Babadook in my house. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, no way. Did you have that I'm commission? so jealous. <laughs> no, no. I got it from a prop house. That's yeah. incredible. It's pretty awesome. And then we actually, for a long time, we had it in the bathroom and it was behind the door so that whenever anybody opened the door, it would hit the Babadook. So then it would look like he was moving and like, like shaking. And we would wait outside in our other house like literally just wait for to hear people scream when they walked in it's so funny it's so everyone was so terrorized by that babadook in the bathroom <laughs> oh my God. yeah what was the first horror movie that actually scared you like stayed with you maybe to this day 
Um, the grudge. That was that was the first one that really, really stayed with me. I remember all my parents and all of my siblings. We all stayed in the what's it called in the family living room that night. Everyone slept there. And I think for like two nights after that or something as well. We were all horrified, like really, really, really scared. We, I mean, we really slept all in the same room. It was very, very funny. <laughs> what would be your existing dream horror franchise to do something in? Oh, horror franchise? Probably American Horror Story. You know, American Horror Story is always kicking. I love Ryan Murphy. And, you know, he was really, really, really pioneering in general. Um, horrific TV. You know, horror movies is something that people can only stand for an hour and a half. Like, they're like, that's it. I'm good. Uh, if that even. And Ryan Murphy really changed the idea that horror can really be in TV, that you can watch this every week, week after week. You could binge it in a series. Um, you can watch 20 hours of horror in one sitting and be it be normal. And I think that there was really not a lot of shows that did that before. I mean, there's been shows with scary elements, but nothing as big as that show, as well as the whole theme of the show being horror, you know, that American horror story. I think that that uh, really helped the horror genre in general and for people to be more accustomed to it. Do you have any aspirations to dive further into that world as a creator yourself, writing and directing? Oh, yeah. Horror is a way of life. Everything in horror movies that you feel, the psychological, the anxiety, the edge on your seat, all those emotions you feel in life. You could feel them from a day to a week to every day, depending on how you run your life. And I think that some of the best work has all of those aspects in it. I don't think that because something is drama, it can't have scary moments. I don't believe that genre divide should really be there because life is horrifying. It's terrorizing for some people. And you really never know when your life could all of a sudden turn into a horror movie. And I think that's a very interesting aspect that we don't see in dramas and whatnot. And really, they should just kind of collide the two genres and just say, fuck yeah. The Boo Crew will be right back. Created by Satan to prey on the living, it feeds on your most secret desires and hidden fears. Dormant for centuries, its time has finally come again. Demonoid, Messenger of Death. Starring Samantha Eger and Stuart Whitman. How can they kill what's already dead? Demonoid, rated R under 17, not admitted without parent. You recently dropped uh, the video for your new single, Phantom, that you directed. And if it's any hint of what a full-length Bella Thorne horror feature would be like, I mean, there's ghosts, there's amazing shadow work, and awesome creature design, too. So talk about using the lens of horror for that particular song. Well, when I was writing the song, 
I came up with the the creature. That's uh, I definitely that I thought would be. The song is a story that we've all heard before. It's a story that women have been telling for generations and that we will keep telling. And I wanted to find a way to tell that story and in, in an interesting way. You know, usually in music videos, boy meets girl, blah, blah, blah. And then bad things happen. Now he's stuck in her and now he's doing this. And, you know, I just wanted to find a way to tell the same story that we've all been telling. But in a way that makes you really have to think about it. I wanted people to not just understand the video, but digest the video. And that was very specific. I don't want to make art that people can just digest in two minutes and say, oh, cool. That was interesting. I like it. I want to make art that people sit there with their friends and like, well, what was that part? And, and why did they do this? I don't understand. Oh, okay. Wait, let's go back and watch it again. I'm confused. I love that type of view. Which, you know, I think as an actor, as a director, as a writer, you put so much time into three seconds of screen time. You know, it's literally a long one shot that's there and then it's gone. And you can barely register it. It's so fast. And we spend so much time, so much effort for just this three second shot. And it's really unfortunate when you work so hard to make a project and then people just said, yeah, I saw it. It was good. Okay, next. And you're like, I'm sorry, what? What? This? This, no, no. Think about this a little bit more, guys. Like we worked really hard on this shit. <laughs> no, it's totally true. And I mean, God, if we had an hour, we would go into depth about how much we love 2018's "I Still See You," which you did, which is, I mean, that's oh, a whimsical piece. Oh my Yo, gosh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I have like a thousand questions about that, but Masquerade gets the focus today, which is also incredible. So we just want to ask you about, you know, it's produced by the makers of Insidious and Split, written and directed by Shane Dax. Taylor, tell us a little bit about your history with the project, how you got involved. Well, I really love those movies. Insidious is also one of my favorite horror movies, this first one. When that came out in the theaters, they definitely opened a new can of worms. I always brought the script. I thought the script was intriguing. I had a call with the director and then I said, okay, let's go shoot it. It's pretty simple. One of the many things that we love about the depth you bring to all your roles is that you tend to find a music to the characters you play, if that makes sense. You play with the rhythm of your body, how you carry yourself. You make distinct changes in your vocal cadence Thank and the you. resonance. Thank you for noticing. Oh, <laughs> you, like, you either amplify or temper different parts of you, making you very much a chameleon where the audience doesn't really know where the character ends and Bella begins. So it's, it's in everything you do it at what's makes what you do so immersive and makes you such a fantastic dramatic actor. And Rose has that eerie command over this family, this confident, mysterious pained at times. Tell us a bit about the music of Rose. Rose. Let's see where to start. Rose is driven by anger. She's a character that, the rage inside her, it seeps out from every pore. I hope you can see in the movie my my disconnection from the world to my character. There's a certain like eye gloss over type of look that I do in the movie. And it's purposeful in the way that I wanted the rage to be so far down, but also so at the brim 
It's like you can barely get a word out without saying everything else you think. And I hope that you can kind of see that look in the movie, uh, the, the disconnection and the the odd kind of way that when when something happens to you so horrifying when you're little, there is something that can snap inside of you and make you grow up very differently than other people and make you almost feel like socially very awkward. Uh, so I tried to put that a little bit in the character, but not obvious enough because we obviously did, didn't want to like give it away in the first 10 minutes. So, yeah. What excited you about Shane Dax's directing style and his wonderful misdirection and magic trick of the script? It was so well written. I was really, really happy to work with Shane as well as he also let me really have fun, get in there and play, change up the lines, change up uh, the feeling. Just, you know, it was a very collaborative effort. Um, and I'm always really thankful when a director gives me that leeway. I loved the twist at the end. I think the twist is very fun. And hopefully people didn't see that coming. So you have this amazing costume and mask that you get to wear. It looked almost like a modified fencing outfit. It what, is, yeah. What was it made of? Was it comfortable? And did you keep it? Didn't keep it. It wasn't comfortable. <laughs> and it was, it felt cool for the character. I definitely liked wearing it, although it wasn't comfortable. It felt like that mask is a really good representation of her rage. And the fact that, again, that mask has this disconnect where you can't fully connect to the eyes or the lips or the nose. It's it's clear, but it's not. I like that as well for the character because I thought it did a the, the mask was a good description of how the character feels. Well, just wrapping up here. So looking into the future. So Janelle Shercliffe's Habit is up next for you. Gavin Rossdale and Paris Jackson and Hannah Mae Lee from The Babysitter, which, oh, my God. You rule in the babysitter. We love that oh franchise God. so fucking much. We can't even tell you. Yes. Uh, so yeah. What's in store for us with the habit? Habit is going to be really interesting. It's a very campy movie. It's artistically driven. It's um in a little bit of another universe in that way of artistically driven. Sometimes we kind of said realism. Fuck it. Throw it out the window. And that was really fun. There's also some pretty gory scenes and it's definitely its own baby. It's really, I, I haven't seen a movie like this. It's hard to describe it. It really is its own creation and it should stay over there in its own box that no one can understand. Uh, it's very fun. Um, I hope people like it. I had fun shooting it. We are stoked for it. And one last thing. Yes, so Mick G yeah. has said that he is a concept for a third babysitter film ready to go. It's designed as a trilogy. He said it was based on the success of Killer Queen, though. Killer Queen was a smash hit. So what's the deal? Is it on? Is number three on or what? Heard anything? I have no idea. Maybe they're cutting me out of it. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. No. Allison makes the franchise, man. Yeah. We need Allison. Funny enough, in the second movie, I was actually supposed to wear a bikini with heels and nothing else. Really? No way. That's how it was scripted. What would Allison be without the iconic cheerleader outfit, right? Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> I was you? like, I don't understand. How, how would that, like, what? She's a cheerleader. Like, <laughs> the color is the black and yellow. Did you keep that outfit? 
It's so iconic. The original outfit from the first movie I did take home, if you know what I Yeah. Oh yeah. That makes Hell me so yeah. happy. <laughs> there are sexy times in that outfit. <laughs> well, awesome, Bella. I know we gotta get you going. Thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure and masquerade yes. rules and you do too. Thank you guys. This is my best interview. Seriously. Oh my gosh. Oh. So You're amazing. Thank you so Thank much, Bella. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. All right, See ya. Take care. That was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 245. Special thanks to our guest, Bella Thorne. Follow her at Bella Thorne on Instagram and see her new film Masquerade at time of release in select theaters, digital and on demand July 30th from Shout Studios. Production tracks provided by Power Man 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced by Lauren Shand, chopped and sliced by Trevor Shand. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the bloody disgusting. Podcast Network. Bye. A bloody disgusting podcast network. Home of the Boo Crew. Horror-centric interviews. SCP archives. Weekly full cast storytelling. Horror queers. Genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective. And creepy. For disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.